I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello. Welcome to episode number 11 of the LaFontaine's podcast. How are you getting on? Are you well? I hope your week's been filled with joy and laughter. My distance, obviously. We're back, the LaFontaine's, North Lanarkshire Select, that's myself, Kerr, Jamie and Daz. And as always we're here to bring you short tales from the Shire. past couple of weeks we've had, we've had guests on, which you seem to like, we've had Fraz, our first ever tour manager, now stays in Norway. Yoo-hoo, big summer blowout. We've had uh, Callum, our English... Three lines on the shirt. Cameraman, social media guru. And we've had Big Polly Winton. Our sound man, tour manager, driver, protector. All our touring counterparts. But today we thought we would we'd take it back to the to the very start since it's episode number eleven. We thought we'd go back to what it started out as 11 weeks ago. I was reading stories from our book, The LaFontaine Solved 12 of Life's Most Common Problems. It's about the time Jamie got himself covered in industrial gold paint. His full face covered in the solution that that's designed to last for up to 25 years on whatever surface it's painted on. After this, we discussed Jamie's time walking on the, the catwalk for, for Miss Scotland. His time being on a Channel 4 show, <laughs> a Channel 4 show about strippers where he was getting a lap dance on the telly. Um, then we discuss him and his family going for dinner with Niall Rogers. We discuss Daz's newly purchased Christian Dior suit. 
and we have a wee, a wee tickle at the fact that I've kept all the LaFontaine's awards. <laughs> ah, that's good, man. I should say that I've lost all the LaFontaine's awards, actually. Anyway, stick around after the story for all of that. As always, a massive thank you to everyone who's been listening and sharing the podcast with friends and, and whoever you've been in contact with this past few while. It's, it's, uh, it's seven as well, man. It's, it's helping us stay relevant. So, so please keep doing that. Keep us in the, the podcast charts. Keep helping it grow. Keep telling everyone you can. Keep giving it wee stars and, and, and nice ratings. That all helps. Um, and always, obviously, the, the biggest shout of all goes to you lovely Patreons out there. Thank you so much for donating a price of a pint or a coffee every every month or a, a Netflix subscription. And keeping us going. It's been very appreciated. You've been on this journey with us since week one. A lot of you. So uh, thank you for the support. We, we honestly appreciate that. More than I can, I can try and sum up in this wee, wee booth of being myself. So thank you to the Patreons. Thank you everyone listening, but I mean especially the Patreons. And uh, please feel free to join them. Head over and join the gang at... Is it Patreon.com? Is it, is it Patreon? Patreon? Spelt was P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I don't know. Patreon.com? forward slash the LaFontaine's. Anyway, this is Mummy's Little Golden Boy, read by Jamie Keenan from our book, The LaFontaine's Solved 12 of Life's Most Common Problems. I hope you enjoy. Look after yourself. Stay safe as always. See you in a bit. We had two gigs in Glasgow this weekend. One was at the Callan Academy in the south side, the other is at the Classic Grand for the Scottish Alternative Music Awards. The LaFontaine's were obviously nominated for Best Live Act. Friday evening and the sound check is underway at the Academy. At the time, it was going to be one of our biggest audiences to date. So there was a great deal of excitement between us and uh, six or so other groups performing. The night is sponsored by Jamaican Lager Red Stripe and there is shed loads of the stuff backstage. Everyone is becoming acquainted, chipping in, trying to put a dent in this huge pile of cans. It was all getting a bit stupid, all the bands trying to show off, competing to see who could consume the most. There was this one wee dickhead who had the hard hat on and a high visibility vest. I think he'd stole for some road workers outside. He was really getting on everyone in the venue's tits. He had this gold permanent marker pen and ran around the room with it, drawing all the walls, mid 20 or so people doing Stone Cold Steve Austin impressions. Eventually, he's told to wrap it before he gets stunned. But in one final act of nobody, he snaps the pen and out pours this lovely pool of golden liquid. I can't keep myself from touching it. It's so beautiful the way it looks, shiny and metallic gold. The way it slowly expands to cover a greater area. It's like lava, but it's about to drip onto the floor, all over people's bags and equipment. I put my arm on the worktop as a makeshift dam as folks start to move their stuff. I managed to do an adequate job, 
As I take my Armath account, the gold ink starts to pour onto the floor. So I go to get some hankies and I wipe my arm on the wall and I mistakenly get a wee bit on my face. It looks fucking brilliant. The manner in which this golden stuff glues to the skin. I wipe the excess off my finger and I give myself a wee Hitler tash. There's still loads of it dripping onto the floor and I really can't help it much longer. By the time we need to go on stage, my whole face, neck, hands and forearms have had a liberal dousing. I thought I looked mesmerising, like the woman at the end of The Man with the Golden Gun. During the set, I was really starting to shine brightly. The more I started to perspire, the tighter my face became. It was starting to burn. We finished the last song, and I, I ran down the stairs to wash this stuff off my face. I met with two angry promoters. The backstage room is smeared in gold handprints, empty strewn cans and a broken mirror. They surveyed the destruction and turned round to see the most likely culprit. The deer is caught in golden headlights and I've got my hoofs up in innocence. Honest to God, mate, that wasn't me. I know, I know it looks bad and all that, but I, I didn't do this. I was trying to help clean up, I swear. Honest man. Of course, they don't believe me. I've been caught gold-handed. Understandably, the two promoters are sceptical given my appearance. There's a small manhunt for the real culprit. And with the help of my Fontaine brothers, he's speedily retrieved and brought in by the scruff of the neck. The talk turns to paying for the damages and the wee shite bag quickly comes clean. I go for a clean of my own in the backstage shower. The ink is starting to really constrict my skin by this point and I resemble a golden prune. It's really no for leaving my body as someone discovers that the golden pen was actually used for marking underground pipes. Again, this has been stole off the, the road workers outside. It's an industrial marker and it's designed to last for 25 years. At this point I'm freaking out as I scrub harder and harder, but eventually my face is red raw and golden. It won't budge, my arms are too fatigued for the drumming and the scrubbing to scrub any longer. Kerr drove my golden latex prune mask self to Wishy General Hospital, who we reckoned they might have some kind of solution or antidote to my metallic ailments. Walked into accident and emergency, past different drunkards for the town's Friday night skirmishes. I could feel all of their stares. The receptionists have their hands over their mouths, stifling their titters when I go up to the desk and explain what's happened. As it comes to freshen about the scenario, they're folded on the floor laughing, and pretty soon all these other guys in the busy waiting room are on hysterics too. A guy that's been stabbed can't breathe, no because of his injury, but just at the sight of me looking all sad, walking out the hospital with my golden complexion. There was no advice that they could really give me. Oh, you'll just have to keep on scrubbing, son. The next morning, my mum shouting through the bathroom door, asking if I'm ready. I've been in the shower for ages at this point. I can't go to the christening, mum. I'm all gold in that. She's like, what are you on about? Hurry up. She learns what I'm on about when I come back out, and she shakes her head in disbelief. Her golden boy disgracing himself once again by becoming, indeed, a golden boy. Mum and Dad are pretty annoyed, but they agree they'll just tell my aunties that I'm no well. What else could they really say? Oh, Jamie couldn't come today because he's, he's covered in 
asphyxiating industrial ink. The sauna, I thought, might be a good place to go and end my golden nightmare. I head down and Sharon, the receptionist, also shakes her head in disbelief as she permits me past the broken turnstile. There's a toolbox if you're wanting a shot of your chisel, she helpfully calls, but I'm hoping that the steam for the solarium eases my worries and it'll just sort of peel off before I start to chisel my face and my neck with a chisel. This method didn't work either, so I just choose to have another robust scrub in the shower. As luck would have it, last week I became the fortunate recipient of a new state-of-the-art eczema cream. I was the doctor's golden peeling skinned guinea pig. It said to use sparingly, but generous dollops were applied. The eczema cream was doing the business, soothing and comforting my blistering red rawness. This wee Chinese toddler boy comes into the toilet, and contrary to the previous people, he doesn't shake his head in disbelief, but he's pointing at me screaming in absolute ecstasy. In union with my mum and the various receptionists though, he also thinks I'm a clown. The wee boy goes for a pee, and I notice he's doing that thing that all wee boys do when they're doing a pee. He's on his tiptoes, with his trousers right down at the floor, and his jacket tucked up under his neck. The wee boy turns round facing me, advancing. He still gets his trousers down, as he laughs away, pointing at my golden complexion. I had just begun to put my cream on my belt line and the top of my bum. That's where my eczema creates the most problems. And I was trying to get into a cubicle, away from the wee boy who's brandishing his genitals and screaming. His dad walks in without warning to witness me covered in this lotion, standing halfway in a cubicle, one hand in the front of my swimming shorts and the other down the back massaging my arse. The dad looks at his son and then at this golden-headed creature in the cubicle with his hands down his shorts. He looks confused and appalled, which is understandable. I would be too, I think. He rushes over and pulls up the lad's trousers and looks up at me. By this point, my hands are removed from the shorts. We're both speechless. Him maybe more so than me. At least I know the explanation for everything. I just wasn't sure where to, where to begin, mate. Eh... Uh, eh... Uh, so what's, what's your wee boy's name? I say awkwardly. The man doesn't give me a response, instead just lifting his son round the waist and vacates the toilet. You can't really train for these types of events, life can be a, a cruel mistress. I need to get the train later into Glasgow for the night's gig. A few weeks ago, it had been decided that cause it was an awards show, we'd make a spectacle and we'd dress up as pimps and gangsters. When the band convened for the sound check, I had already been on the train and was getting familiar with the, the goldenness I'd been omitting. It couldn't get any worse than earlier that afternoon. So it was easy dealing with the conductor and other people on the train. Jaeger and Red Bull were sponsoring Saturday night's show. And backstage there was again shedfuls of this stuff. Same as the night before, all the bands are getting wired into the bevy. Someone had found black face paint rummaging in a bag of props. I had most of the gold ink in my face concealed with it. There was this old wrestler back in the day called Gold Dust, if any remember. And he donned the gold face paint with black sort of kiss style markings across his face. Kinda like a gold Darth Maul for one of the Star Wars films. I forgot how much I sweated though playing the drums. 
The golden ink started to choke the air on my skin as the black face paint ran right into my eyes and my mouth. It was stinging like fuck, really, really fucking painful. The more I was wiping it with my wet hands, the more the blackness took over my full vision. I couldn't see a thing, and it was only in the middle of the third song. And trying not to blink, I was inadvertently making it worse. Black painted saliva was being slavered and spat all over the drum kit, all up my nose and everywhere, but I couldn't stop playing. I'd need to make it till the end. All of a sudden, the in-ear headphones that I use as a monitor started giving the very worst of feedback you could imagine. Screeching and hissing, reverberating right through my skull. Each of my senses was being attacked. At the end of the song, I tried to get up off my seat, failing to remove my headphones and falling on my cunt over the set of drums. I was on the floor, on my back, screaming in agony, spurting black matter from my throat. The only sense remaining was touch, and this allowed me to sense that I was being lifted. For the second time in 24 hours, my friends are scrubbing my golden face while I'm held up, bending backwards into a shower. I'm brought back on stage to an interrupted awards show, and we managed to get through the rest of the gig. As you'd expect, we won Best Live Act. Kerr went up for some acceptance speech where he read out the thank you section for some Jay-Z album. I just had to look on through the side with my eyes wide open and blinking rapidly, trying to flush out the darkness with my tears. Again, Kerr drove me to Wishy General Hospital, and again, I was sent home empty-handed and biscuit-arsed. Ah, oh, you'll just have to keep on scrubbing, son. I'd been in my grand's house the next night for around 30 minutes before she even noticed anything different. To be fair, the ink had faded a wee bit by then. She never asked what happened, and she wasn't shocked. She never shook her head in disbelief. My gran just gave us this wee wink and a smile. What are you like? The industrial strength inky paint finally came off the Friday after, after many industrial strength showers later. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know what ever happened today? Obviously, we won Best Live Act, as you said. Without it goes without it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what happened to the trophy? I just assumed you had it. No, I don't, I don't understand why you would think that being being the best performer of the group, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have it. I, I remember it. It looking like a like a like a 
a football trophy, like a, like a wee player of the year trophy. <laughs> a guy with a snicker to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't know, I don't know where it is, mate. Really? No. I'm pretty sure you had it. Did, did, no, you, not I, have, I, did you not have all of our awards at one point? I, I, <laughs> 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 I did, I, I did, I did, I did, I did keep them <laughs> for, for a while. Um, <laughs> what, were, what, were, what were our accolades? Uh, the, the Tartan Clef Award for uh, for the Big Apple winners. Again, another live accolade. Although I think we donated that to Ari. Our it's a, it's a wooden, a wooden looking at <laughs> a wooden, a wooden trophy. A wooden trophy we donated to, to Ari for being a, a terrific manager. Um, <laughs> well, did, did, did we did we go on stage and get an award that night? That night, what the Tartan Clefs night? Aye, aye, but we were all absolute our bins, man. Like, in, in fact, the story from that night is when. Uh, after we played, we we get given the award. I only know it's because I was I've, I've been told in, in reflection. We were given the award, and then um, we went off stage, and then we were still at the stage going, uh, "Your award's here." And then I had to run back on and go, "Oh, I cheers for this. It means a lot." To us. <laughs> I know we forgot it, but it really means a lot. Uh, I, I, I remember uh, that night <laughs> meeting the base at the rollers. And telling him if it wasn't for them, then there would be no us. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those ones that, uh, at the time, thinking, oh, that was amazing. And then I think it was on the telly, or it was definitely recorded, and then watched it. <laughs> it sounded terrible. Aye, aye. We thought, we... No, oh, tune the first song. What's that, man? Aye, aye. We played, we played Slow with Under the Storm, and it was sort of like, I remember, t- we were, I mean, we were charged up, man. We were, we were full. Of, we were because we, we that, that excited what you get when we're like, oh, <laughs> we're, we're putting on suits, so let's let's get really drunk because we're wearing suits tonight and we've got a table, and uh, we played it like it was some sort of like political statement. I remember jumping into the crowd and we got really aggressive. Everybody did slow Elvis because it was like <laughs> if it was an, it was an anti-industry statement or something. And then I remember <laughs> watching the back of the telly and it was this is fucking garbage. <laughs> it's it like a mad charity award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that for a rage against the machine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is that the night uh, we went to Corinthian after it and I smashed the mirror? No, that was uh, that was Miss Scotland. Oh, classic <laughs> award show, Miss Scotland. We pl- we played that again. <laughs> we were pretty charged up that night again. Going at going at the industry, going against. Uh, uh, stereotypes and models, size zeros. Um, I found a thing the other day and it was a, I can't remember what it was, but it was like a, a news, it was in one of the papers, The Sun or something like it was the Miss Scotland Awards, but it's like one of their challenges are for it. And they, were, they had to pick clothes for boys. Uh, and then then the, the woman that was organised and saying, do, do you want to be part of it? So I think you'll get, you'll get some free clothes with it. And, you get to hang about with the, the lovely ladies or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, aye, cool, cool, date. And then I turned up, it was about 11 in the morning, sitting at the centre. And I was, uh, I had been to bed, but I was, I was out my nut when I, when, I, when I was there. So I might have been reeking the drink and then the lasses. Uh, so all the other guys are all uh, like Love Island models. 
they to pick clothes out for them. So I've sent you this picture. It's me with the Miss Scotland people, but look at the clothes that I'm wearing. I've, I've, just, I've, I've, just, I've just Googled it and found it, and you're absolutely right. You couldn't look any <laughs> place. So, and, and you look burst as fuck, and there's all these mad hot birds, and it, it said, uh, <laughs> Miss Scotland final babes doll up the fellas. <laughs> You're one of the fellas. You're one of the fellas, Jimmy. Well, Miss Scotland finally got to grips with some hunky fellas by telling <laughs> them from the fashion show. We asked our male volunteers to take the catwalk at Glasgow City Enix Centre under the watchful guidance of ten stunners, right? And then, and then it goes, and we found just the hottest guys in town. With only seven outfits to choose from, and only seven guys to dress up, our girls got. <laughs> We're up against the clock. Well, only seven outfits to choose from and only seven guys to dress. What's one each? Uh, the girls are up against the clock, racing around the shops in St. Enix, creating hot looks for the lucky guys. <laughs> and then it's here. Uh, here's how they got on. The lads look fantastic, but our ladies were calling the style shots here. Drummer Jamie Keenan, 23, from Hot Scots Band, the Lafontaine's. <laughs> Gary, garage owner, Gary Cummings. <laughs> Garage. And Alan Reed from Glasgow. That's the from Glasgow. Man from Glasgow. We're delighted to meet our gorgeous finalists. Jamie of Wish Atlantic just said, the girls really looked after us and I loved my outfit. <laughs> I didn't I didn't get to keep it either. Jamie wears a navy shirt from Red Herring at Debenhams, £28. Jeans from Burton's, £30. <laughs> And shoes from Debenhams, also £30. <laughs> Look at the shoes. Like uh, brown pointy shoes. Ah, uh, brown pointy shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, that, so that, uh, I could agree to that bit. Uh, but then the other part of the challenge was uh, to, uh, to go in a, a catwalk. Yeah. I, I was trying to say it, like, but it, like, it went to like part of the girls like grade or whatever or however they judge the the competition mm-hmm. um, but I remember like they were saying like you need to go out in this catwalk and I had to do it three times but it was like well you can imagine how how awkward that would be sort of thing just sort of walking out and then just stoning strutting your stuff aye aye it's like especially Especially breaking in those new thirty-pound Debenham shoes. <laughs> Your feet must be <laughs> scuffling along the catwalk. <laughs> Moon, moonwalking. It's quite, it's quite a budget outfit they've put together. <laughs> I think it's it right. uh, ought to be stuff for, for the City Nook Centre. Right, right. right. See. Well, you certainly uh, look lost and and well dressed at the same time. <laughs> we'll post up the picture of you and Gary Cummings and Alan from Glasgow uh, with, with the podcast. Is there no one we have there on it? Aye, there is. You're, you're, well, you're quite easy to spot. You're the only one that's no broad as a double-decker bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, you're so that. Why don't you try and organise a reunion? <laughs> <laughs> you and Alan and Gary. <laughs> the where are they now to Why do we get them on the podcast? <laughs> so, so, so Alan, you're from Glasgow. Tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
what is it like over there in Glasgow, Alan? <laughs> and Gary, then, Gary owns the garage. Gary owns the garage. Gary's garage. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a mechanic. No, no, maybe he's not a mechanic. He just got a garage. Aye, aye, I think so. Um, garage owner. <laughs> but I would say I'm a garden owner. Shed owner, shed owner, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> and here we've got Stuart who owns a set of ladders. <laughs> Corsa owner Craig, owner Craig. <laughs> Does it not say about the other ones, Dave? No, that's, that's what they've got. He, he works in the garage and there's Alan just from Glasgow. <laughs> That's fucking tremendous. <laughs> Here's Stevie, who's recently just bought a new city. <laughs> what was it? Oh, it's class. <laughs> Remember the other one, Jamie? How did you get roped into doing the... Um, the you, it was like a show on Channel 4 where it was strippers or, or something like that, and you, you, you uh, were telling getting a free lap dance. How did that come about? The... <laughs> you, you've got that video somewhere, haven't you? I've got the video somewhere, aye. But so, uh, my friend Guy, his mm-hmm. uncle Stevie, I just let me get this right. So his uncle Stevie is a tattoo artist, mm-hmm. and he was ta- he tattooed this guy that owned Diamond Dolls regularly, uh, a guy called Jim, who's the manager. Diamond Dolls is a, is a strippers for him that doesn't know. He tattooed him, and uh, they were making a documentary about him at the tattoo shop, and it was meant to show that folk that own strip clubs are just just normal people. They they, 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 get they, could, they, they could be just like an Alan from Glasgow. You could say <laughs> <a couple of. laughs> they're just like Gary Cummings and Alan <laughs> from Glasgow. <laughs> and so they were filming the scene, a scene or whatever, in in the Diamond Dolls. Mm-hmm. And they needed extras because obviously I'm that frequent such a place with the would they want to be caught uh, or be on the telly doing it sort of thing. So yeah. me and uh, Jim McNulty and uh, Guy and Lee and a couple of our folk and all just went along as extras. They said we'd get a couple of free pints and all that, and it was just sort of something to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two lassies were dancing. Or not really dancing, but like doing like takes almost sort of thing. So it was just like we'd be dancing for 10 seconds and then we'd try to get a different angle or whatever. We'd just just on the background, really. Mm-hmm. So it was, and we could have a laugh sort of thing. So it was it was good fun. We had a few drinks and then I came out for a fag and I came back upstairs and I'd missed the, the last round of the, the beers, mm-hmm. three beers. And I was like, oh, fuck you, you're kidding me. And then was a watch and we need somebody for the, the private dance scene. So, uh, I think I was in this, uh, obviously I was like, of course I, I'll, I'll do that, I'm into that, but then I've never, I'd never had a lap dance before. Mm-hmm. So it's, this is my first experience getting a lap dance, but there's a, there's a film crew running about me. <laughs> <laughs> so the, so it's in the wee booth and all that, and they tell me how to sit and keep my hands at the side and all that. Uh, and it's showing that it's just, it's showing that the, it's showing that the stripper is just a, 
a normal person like Gary Cummings or yeah. Alan yeah. from Glasgow. <laughs> she, she was doing, she was doing the dance on me, and uh, the first had to do the take like seven times and her doing the same dance. So she, it was, it was uh, awfully strange. So the first like time they're going like Jamie, you need to, don't look at the camera. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sitting looking at the camera like. I'm pretty sure the one they used, you did look at the camera as well. No, no, the one, the one. So it was like a take of me laughing and then looking at the camera and oh awkward and right. that sort of thing. And then eventually the one that they used, it said, uh, I didn't tell him that I'd done this and then folk just seen it on the telly and it's just me <laughs> sitting getting a dance but looking pure uh, like CD as fuck after getting in touch and all that and then having to explain that I was just sort of there for I was right. there for a pint <laughs> and I was there for a pint but I wasn't there for a dance uh, but ended up end up getting one or getting getting the same dance about seven times I mean, the, the last you saw at the same time, going, you're loving this, aren't you? Uh, and I wasn't. <laughs> Just to clarify. I had to be like, I, I had to be like oh, I, 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 this is great. Uh, I, mean, I mean, just because there was seven other guys sort of running about me, telling me what to do, <laughs> while the last dancing, it's all, it's, uh, awfully strange. It's funny, though, I've seen it, and you're very funny, isn't it? You can look any less CD, just kind of look in there awful. <laughs> Back to the story though, um, some fantastic voiceover acting, uh, uh, the characters you were doing, you, I noticed your, the Sharon, the receptionist, what she was called, seemed to have the same voice as your mum as well, but... Uh, she does have the same, she's got a she's really similar to my mum's voice, <laughs> that's why I've done it like that. <laughs> is that Smart it? ass. There you go. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> The joke is well and truly on me. <laughs> Behind the disguise is nothing at all. Do you feel like you can lose control? There's no way to hide when you're on your own. Can't you see that you've got nothing to show? <laughs> Um, that's cool that you've got dogs back in the background as well. Nice. So, just for everybody that's picking that up there, Jamie's doing this from his uh, his garden. Tell us about your garden, Jamie. Um, well, it's mostly green. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got uh, I don't know how many square meters of grass, but uh, I would say over a dozen. You're yeah, uh, you've uh, turned into quite quite the green fingered man. <laughs> Old face, green finger. <laughs> <laughs> Red blooded. So your fairy lights are on the garden now? Aye. You, you really get a, a tranquil little abode you're, you're creating for yourself. Give me sanctuary. Um, this week, if you've been watching us online, we've done a, we done a charity thing for, for Nordoff Robbins, uh, who have done various work with before. It's always good crack doing stuff in Nordoff, man, and it's a, a good cause and all that, and we, we firmly support it. So, uh, shouts to Nordoff. But we've done, uh, we done two two tunes for them, which we'll, we'll post up online. Um, but thanks for all the comments and stuff on them. People seem to like them. They were fun to do, man. I think we were talking about maybe 
doing more like mashups and stuff throughout this time just to keep it going. Keep it going and keep it entertaining, entertaining for these. Uh, I know it turned out well, man. I, I kind of thought as well, like when you saw this was a thing that people were, were doing quite early on. I was like, oh, how will, how will, if we do something like that, it will, it will be exciting or whatever. But once we done it and put it all together, I thought, thought it turned out, turned out really good, man. Very exciting. Very exciting. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Not just non-exciting. Very exciting. I've also we get some cool news this week where. Hopefully, Wavy will be available to be on streaming platforms sometime soon because the famous Nile Rogers, the chic, the chic man, has gave it the okay as long as we change the name from Lady to something else. <laughs> <laughs> so they call it Fella. <laughs> fella. Uh, In fact, uh, I met Nile Rogers. Tell us about the time you met Nile Rogers, Jamie. First of all, shout to Nile Rogers. I'm a huge fan of the song. And then uh, tell us all about the time you met Nile. And also, if you're listening, maybe give us suggestions what we can change Lady to. I had the idea of calling it Lockdown Lady. Dad's had the idea of calling it, what was it, mate? Mine's were just Lady and then brackets anything at all, because like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you, can see whether, you can see how I arrived to that, just, just how I can see how you arrived at you. <laughs> and uh, did, you, did, you, did you have any, any suggestions? No, uh, between the... Uh, Lady and then brackets, anything at all, and then anything at all, and then lady and brackets. I think it had all been covered. I couldn't expand or think of a better name. So I thought uh, lady and then anything at all in brackets got pretty much summed it up. Well, as I said, I, I had lady lockdown and then I had lockdown lady. So, so <laughs> any, either of the two I'm cool with. But let us know in, in the old boards, in the old message boards, <laughs> in the forums. What you guys are thinking, uh, and, we, and we'll take it into account. So, Jamie, so now Rogers has been kind enough to personally approve. Uh, well, I, 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 I think he has anyway. We might get a wee bit ahead of ourselves. Well, that's what, that's what our label said, and and I don't know why they would I think it has because he remembers me. That's mm-hmm. it. So, t- so, tell us about the time that you, you met Niall. Uh, my sister had. What do you call him? Do you call, do you call him Nige for short? Or? Uh, I had to Nig- call him N- uh, Nigel Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> I had to call him Nigel Rogers. Hello, Nigel Rogers. If if they we all get briefed off his team. Two minutes before him says, right, if you speak to him, you need to address him with his full name at all times, and he likes it to be used in almost every sentence. Not every sentence, but almost every sentence. So there's a lot of strip drills we had to. to no, but, uh, my sister had actually it was the Tartan class as well. Yeah, Nordoff Robbins again. Um, my sister had bidded to for like a, a meet and greet when he was playing at Kelvin Grove Park. Uh, and it was on the Saturday. It was the day after. In fact, it was, we played at Transmit, the main stage. We flew for Germany in the morning. Done. We done. We played. We played in Ham in Germany. We were in Ham in Germany. Did we get the shout before we were in Ham that we were going to be opening track? We were going to be. Play the main stage. I went we before we played in Germany because we meant to come back at three or four in the afternoon so that I would, because uh, I was going to meet <laughs> Nigel Rogers. Uh, but then the, we had to get an earlier flight to Edinburgh because we got asked to play at Transmit the next day. So we had to change flights for Cologne Airport to, or whatever to Dusseldorf or somewhere. 
But then after that, had been quite an up and down weekend. I remember as soon as we got off, the the the, the landed in Germany, getting a phone call from management saying that uh, after a, a recent success of Up from from the new album Junior being played in Radio One and Annie Mac, being a one of our favourite records, quickly quickly after that because of a tweet that I had sent saying let Radio One know if you're into the tune. Uh, quickly after that, apparently, we had been told that we'll never be played in Radio 1 again <laughs> because we, we told people to go and tell them they like it. Whether that's true or not, it certainly was the news that was fed back to us. So I remember getting that call about Radio 1 as soon as we landed in Germany and been um, quite literally fucking fuming. <laughs> and then uh, going, for, going for a nice Italian meal in Germany, as you do when we arrived. Um, having that and then getting told that we were playing Transmit, I believe. No? Mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah. I think that's, that's So, I mean, way. it just shows that, that that pretty much is the old industry in a nutshell. So you can imagine why to hark back to our previous industry performances where we go a bit mad at the industry. <laughs> it, it stems from Prime's early days as well when the industry was all <laughs> a, a hangover from the Prime <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just dip your toes back in, yeah. Yeah, that teenage angst. Um, um, sorry, we, we played Transmit. We played Germany, a, a cool as fuck city kind of gig in, in Ham. And then we had to just go, like, no sleep flight. Straight to, no sleep. Aye, because we, we had to go to an airport a good few hours away, so after we played, we had, like, we had to go to whatever other airport, and the flight was at five in the morning or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, Flew for a few years and then just drove, just drove for Edinburgh to Glasgow and then put the, or I, I had to get like <coughs> coffee and to go and find my drums and shit. So you did, because as usual, Jamie, when Jamie's no gigging with us, eh, basically when we came back after or not, we all need to go back to like doing normal things to, to to keep us going as all bands do pretty much unless you're very fortunate. So Jamie will gig around the pubs. We's pal Jim playing some cover tunes, but we've got two sets of drum kits, so which we bought deliberately. So we've got the LaFontaine's drum kit, which we keep, so it's always dead good. And Jamie's gigging in the pubs pubs kit, which he's allowed to just do what he wants with because our good kit previously he's taken that and used it and lost bits it and broke it and all that. Anyway, so obviously he doesn't listen to anything we say, so he's good. LaFontaine's kit was. In a pub somewhere, so he had to go and get his pal to go and get that. Anyway, Jamie, jump back into your story. Hey. <laughs> I'd just like to clarify both the kits are mine. <laughs> <laughs> I can do what I want with my kit. Aye. The first the first one I, I took for a chapel. I was about 15. I was playing with the chapel band, and then it sort of disbanded, and just I just sort of stole from our world. Aye, I wouldn't. I sort of stole it, but it wasn't like I broke into the chapel and stole a drum kit. It was just like nobody no, else was using it. Theft, mate. Don't try to justify it. <laughs> <laughs> the priest, but I think I think you've taken the whole uh, God's house is always open card and played it a little too strongly. So, so we played transmit then, Jamie, and then after we played because we were first on, you dipped off to Nigel Rogers. I went over to Figlesi Green, went up to. Kelvin Grove to meet my mum and dad and my sister. 
because we've got to meet Niall Rogers, a meet and greet. That was it, before the gig. Right, so uh, I, got, I got there and then they were trying to sort it and for whatever reason, Niall Rogers was saying, there's no day in any meet and greets today. He was furious. He was, hadn't heard Lady Lockdown yet. Yeah, he was being, uh, he was being nasty, Nigel, at this point. Well, we, we don't know, because it was, it was his, uh, his minders that tell us, so. His minders right. tell us, and that, that was it. I, I went home and then played in the, the Waverley that night with Jim. Took my drums home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they said he's come back the next day. And so, the, like, the Nordoff Robbins folk that said, like, we, sorry about that yesterday, because you had, my sister had done an auction to meet Niall Rogers, and he goes, right, you, you've got to have dinner with him. Oh, so, so it, got, it got upgraded, really? It got upgraded. It's like, fuck, we're going for dinner with Nile Rogers or whatever. So you start in, in your head, you think you've got to be at like some fancy restaurant or something. I don't know, whatever, but uh, we were at Kelvin Grove Park and it was uh, really good. It was like the, his curated festival it was on. So it was all like funk and soul music. And I think, uh, what's her name? Emily Sands. Emily Sands. Emily Sandy. Aye, and, and Craig Charles and all that, so Craig it was really good. Yeah, it was amazing music, and then it's all building up. We've got to go for dinner with Niall Rogers, but then whatever happened to it, it's like, it ended up just being like, we had, we got a sort of couple of minutes with him before he went on, but then it's one of these sort of, sort of my sister was really good because she was really funny at it sort of thing, but I was sort of just sort of standing and, Waiting for my shot to get a picture, but uh, <laughs> my, my my dad was my dad was my, my dad was steaming. He was on his knees. He, he kept calling him Bobby, and <laughs> now I just didn't know what what, uh, <laughs> what the fuck was going on. My dad's going, "Hey, Bobby, hey, Bobby, how are you doing, Bobby?" <laughs> now Rogers, it's just, you know what I mean? Like Hank, what he's looked like with his, his teeth and his glasses and his hair and his hat and all that. He's, He's dressed obviously like Neil Rogers dresses, and uh, <laughs> my dad's just can't even see him because he's, he's blind. You know, and he's just shouting Bobby. Neil Rogers doesn't. My mum's like my mum's really drunk. She's trying to like tell him that he's. She was she was telling him that he was too thin. Neil, you just five cans. I know, I know. My mum, my mum's trying to get a picture of him. He's got his arm in him and all that. He's going, oh, you're awfully thin, Nigel. <laughs> and I shout Bobby at him and that. And he's trying to say to him, I was I had cancer and all that. So like, oh, you're looking well. <laughs> uh, and then I get given a Stratocaster uh, that gets signed off him. And then, and then he went on stage. So we were allowed to go on stage and dance with him as well. But uh, uh, again, my mum and sister, they were really funny. My dad, because he was because he's blind, just like stayed somewhere. Somebody <laughs> looked after him. Uh, and me and my mom and dad were, me and my mom and my sister were dancing with Nile Rogers. Uh, I wasn't really dancing. I, w- I was, uh, my mom and sister were going for it, but I was just standing on the stage, like sort of gobsmacked. See, like his bass player and his drummer and all that, and his band, it was, it was, it was cool as fuck. Just yeah. going and watching them, like walking about the stage. And, uh, I went to that. I went to that gig as well. Not the one that you were at. I went to see him as well, and he was fucking fantastic, unbelievable. See when he, he just goes through the list of hits that he's made. 
But when I was when I did speak to him, I was saying to him, I was like, um, Nigel, I'm also a musician, and uh, in a couple of years' time, we're just thinking we've got this idea forever becomes like a a sort of global pandemic at any point in time. We've got this idea that we've got to do a song called Lady Lockdown. <laughs> no, no, I said to him, we've got this song and I tell him that we needed his permission for it. But if you get any ideas what we should call it, it goes Lady Lockdown. <laughs> in brackets, anything at all. <laughs> well, he says, I, he could have just said, I call it anything at all. I know, that's what I was trying to say to the label. Um, I was like, I've already spoke to Nigel Rogers and he said it was fine. Two years ago. <laughs> I like that we're calling him Nigel Rogers, it's Nile, isn't it? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Nigel Rogers, the chick. <laughs> but uh, I'm confused now, is it Nigel or oh, Nile? It's Nile Rogers from Chic, obviously. But I've no... Have I been saying Nigel? Ah, you've been calling him Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so funny. Oh yeah, it was great to get permission from Nigel. <laughs> so he seems he Bobby. seems, he seems to one whatever song he's worked on is the most predominantly sampled thing in Lady Lockdown brackets anything at all. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he's given it the okay. So hopefully uh, it'll be up there for all in all your streaming services and 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 needs sometime real soon. That'll get us out of this terrible pandemic, I'm sure. The subtle sounds of Nigel's okayed version of <laughs> Lady Lockdown. That's me just hit my 33 day streak on Duolingo. Oh, is that right? Are you quite, you're quite the, the French speaker now. Give us, give us, some, give us some French for the old, the baguettes out there. Uh, mon, mon chat, manger le croissant. Ah, of course, you like a croissant, of course. My cat, my cat is eating the croissant. Give us some more. Say, um, can you say um, shouts to all our French Patreons? I hope you can donate some more euros. Allez, mon français Patreon. Nah, that's about it. Maybe next week. Maybe, next. Uh, maybe by next week. Uh, maybe next Week I'll be doing the full, the full hanging French. Are you? Are you still doing your your German, Daz? Nah, I fell off with it, man. I've not done it in a while. I've been. They, they were like the email you like. You're saying you've got the streaks, Jamie. <laughs> like, when you don't do it, they just like you keep saying, "Why haven't you done it?" And like sending you all these reminders, and then at one point they just go, "Well, we're not going to keep reminding you anymore. <laughs> like you're obviously not into it." Oh, really? Uh, it's kind of a, a disappointment. You feel disappointed when you get that one. I think that's what's been good about it, though. Like, see, like, it, it, I get a wee, I have, I've got, like, uh, it comes up, they get a wee 
buzzing my phone and then it says uh, you've got like full full life left, you get five hearts or whatever. So I think fuck it. Got a right good session here, then you can get mere hearts if you want to watch a 30 second advert or whatever. But So wait a minute, so, so so this thing that you get life, so I take it if you if you don't do it one day it takes away a life from you. Oh if you get like a, a, a thing rang. So it does it does speaking, it does listening, it does writing. It does it does quite a bit, man. It's quite good. Do you need to pay for it? No, but you can you can pay for it and get a, a an upgraded one so you don't get like any adverts or whatever. But um, it's not too bad. And uh, there's like a lead, leadership boards, <laughs> so it's. Uh, I was just sort of doing it casually for the first day, and I realised that I'd progressed into like the for the bronze league into the silver league. And then, and then I was in the gold league, and then the ruby league. But it's like a, it's quite magnifique. It's <laughs> <say> magnifique. <laughs> uh, it's um, yeah, it makes me like uh, I can see all the folk food in the world that are that are doing it as well. And then I try and uh, be better than them. Uh, I might, I might start doing this and start learning some Turkish. You should learn uh, Chinese, kid. <laughs> or Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> or Mandarin or something. <laughs> um, yeah. Imagine you, you started doing things on the telly over there. <laughs> presenting Chinese tune. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you wore a suit, boys? I bought, I bought a Christian Dior vintage suit on eBay. Did you? It's like, it's like worth well over two grand. I got it. I got it on eBay for like forty quid. No way. I don't know why. I, 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 no need for it. But, uh, what are you looking? What are you looking? For? How do you know it was off over two k? Because that, like, if you if you look on like Depop and stuff like that, there's ones listed for around about that. So that what, you, what you got to do? You got to keep it. You got to punt it. I don't know. It's cool. I quite like it. I put it on. It's like a very Fair. very cool suit. Aye, it fits amazing. It's got braces. Oh shit! You should probably just keep it for forty quid. Fuck it. I know. I I, I, like, I bought it to to keep. It wasn't to sell it in. Ah right. Okay. Nice. What, <laughs> what, no, you get your hustle. I've no I've no more. Uh, I've got shorts on the new, but I've no. For the last since the lockdown, I've no had any else on apart from trackies. One of the days I went to the food bank and I, I put a pair of jeans on, but then I get home and put the trackies back on. And every day I put on an exciting, different pair. Um, I, I've been. I was the same until I started filming tunes for the old BBC. I had to start dressing up a wee bit. Uh, so I've been a little bit. Ironically, because it needs to look like it's all done in the same day. Um, <laughs> I've been in the same clothes for five days straight, so... You know, put Is that why you tell me put the, the Ramones t-shirt back on uh, to film that video? Aye, so it looks like it's the same day, aye. <laughs> I mean, it's, aye, it's, all, it's all in perception. Yeah. Because the first time I've done it, it was sort of like, I didn't know it was meant to be, be like that, and I wore loads of different clothes, and they were like, that's weird, why do you keep getting changed? <laughs> Every 
And so I think our album class is five next week. So in about six days time, right turns five. So I think what we might do, if you've been here, let us know on, on Twitter and, and Instagram and all that stuff. Um, we might do a, a kind of special on our album class. And um, we'll, we'll speak to the guy who recorded it all, Matt. Um, a listening party. A listening party might be quite good. We'll talk about the songs. Just shit like that, it might be quite interesting for the, the, the old fans. And uh, if you like that, let, let us know and we'll, we'll get on it. I, I'd be quite into doing that to revisit the old... I know, I think it'd be good. The old, the old wagon. The debut, the debut record. Debut record too. The one that got us all here, boys, eh? <laughs> um, as always, stay safe, stay well. One, two, three, bye for the troops. One, two, three. One. No, no, wait, wait. In the toi. Au revoir. <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs>